Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. I, I felt like the, uh, an image I was getting there t- uh, tonight is, is, I'm wondering if there's someone here tonight or somebody online that you're, right now, you, there's a, some place in your life, there's some situation in your life where you're feeling really intimidated, okay? You feel intimidated, threatened by a situation. Um, I felt like there might be somebody here tonight or maybe they're watching online that they have that kind of... Something's in their life right now that they feel very intimidated and threatened by. Does that... Anybody hear that? That speaks to anybody? A little bit? I saw a little bit of nodding heads. Well, here's here's the image I had, and this is what I want to pray into, is that uh, I saw this individual standing there and there's like this... This big group of enemies are threatening and intimidating and, and, and uh, you know, um, ready to, to, to bring destruction or harm in some fashion. But, um, but I saw them, and uh, this is when we were singing about the Lion of Judah, that the Lion of Judah just jumped between you and that situation, those people, those enemies. And uh, I think that's what the Lord, I felt like the Lord was saying that, that I want to do that for this individual tonight. And maybe, you know, maybe, maybe all of us in some different levels, we can grab a hold of that. But I think there's a specific situation that some of you might be facing, either online, someone here in this room. And I just want to pray into that, that this isn't just a, not just a word of encouragement, but it is a time for a change. That it will change the situation. That Jesus will step in and the th- situation will change. The intimidation will diminish. Uh, the threat, threatening situation or, or vibe to the whole thing will, do, will go away. And so let, let's just pray into that, okay? And if that is you in some way, just hold your hands open like you're receiving right now. Okay, you're just going to receive uh, this ministry of the Lord. So Father, we thank you so much that in Jesus... We have a lion. <laughs> we have one who's not intimidated by anything. We have one who says, I go before you, and I will watch over you. My eye is upon you. Uh, you're the one who talks about putting us in, in safe places and fortresses and, uh, and established on high rocks above our enemies. And on and on, Lord, you speak of this thing. So right now, Father, uh, we just come to you in Jesus' name on behalf of, the, uh, of any individual here tonight, uh, watching online tonight, that they are in a situation where they feel intimidated, they feel threatened. Um, uh, There's just almost there's there's a fear factor there that's almost uh, uh, keeping them stuck and, and and not knowing what to do. We ask that you would intervene. 
uh, Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you step in that situation and you bring uh, your authority to bear to bind uh, the work of the evil one, to bind his intimidations and his threats and his lies. And that instead, Lord Jesus, you would set that individual free from that kind of impact in their life. They'd be set free from those, uh, from that fear, uh, from uh, the intimidation, and they know the joy of the Lord instead. Because you are going before them. And they can see the line of Judah right there between them and this issue and between them and their enemies. And you're the one who stands before them. You're the one who goes before them. You're the one who's protecting them. We just declare that over the situation that from tonight on it changes. There will be no more intimidation. There will be no more uh, sense of threat. There will be victory because Jesus is walking in front of you. You're just following him right through the enemies. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Kelly, Harriet, any, anybody else have something you might, the Lord's saying? No? Okay. Okay, all right. Got a testimony. <laughs> just, um, just to kind of prepare. <laughs> um, so I... I'm part of a team that does an intercession set here on the first Wednesday of the month. So we are here. I was here on Wednesday with that. And we always have a time afterwards, um, after the intercession set, just to pray together as a group. And um, I've been having some things go on with my eyes. Um, and we went to the eye doctor this week, and they said that really the only thing I can do at this point is have laser surgery done on my eyes, like every five years. And... Um, that can cause scar tissue, and it's just, they said, well, that's what you're going to have to do, like, for the rest of your life. There's just no getting out of that, and so I asked if it was an emergency, like, do I have to have it done, like, tomorrow, and he's like, oh, well, maybe, like, the next month or a little over that, and I said, well, because we would like to really, I said, we're believers, and I, we would like to put it before the Lord and the people around us that are praying with us and that the Lord would heal that, and he kind of got a little snarky with me, <laughs> not mean, but just like, well, and I was like, okay, well, I've never really experienced that from a physician before. Usually they're just like, well, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> and um, so then I was like, then the righteous, like the holy angel came up. I was like, now, God, you got to do it because this is your name. <laughs> anyway, so we were here on Wednesday and they were praying for me. And just kind of feel what the Lord is even doing tonight. I feel like the Lord wants to do, like even up there, I kept telling them, I was like, we're just going to stay here because I feel like the Lord wants to do something. And I, I feel him building in that. So on Wednesday, they prayed for my eyes, and as they prayed for me, I felt like I got hit by the Holy Spirit and got really twitchy. When I get, I tend to get kind of twitchy when the Lord hits me and get really hot. So I, and I felt the Lord tell me to rub my eyes. And so I rubbed my eyes, and one of the symptoms that I've had with this is that I just have really blurry vision. Like, I wear contacts, but like, if you've ever worn glasses, it's when like your eye starts, like needing a new prescription, everything looks really blurry, and you kind of have to squint to make make things but it wasn't just the small stuff like when I was driving I couldn't read like the large green signs because it was really blurry um, watching things was blurry looking at my phone was blurry like I couldn't really it was just kind of annoying anyways so as they prayed for me I rubbed my eyes and I opened my eyes and I was sitting here and I, I had not been able to read that board clearly and I was sitting there and I opened my eyes and I kind of had to blink a couple times because I'm like that's not blurry anymore and then even yesterday so it was Wednesday so yesterday I told Adam, my con I need new glasses. <laughs> They're weak. So I'm like, I feel like my contacts are too strong. Like, I kept looking at everything, and they were like, because I've been also praying that the Lord heal my eyesight, because I have really bad eyesight. And 
I was looking at stuff kind of feeling like, wow, I, everything is very, I was like t- showing out. I was like, I can read the microwave. Like I can never read the microwave, even with fine, with my, with, without this. I was like, I, c- I can read that. And I can read that. I was like, what is going on? So I just want to like raise your faith to what the Lord is doing and saying. And that really there is nothing that he can't do. Nothing. So I just feel like I know that what you had said like about words of wisdom. I just, I just feel the Lord saying like, all you have to do is ask. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You don't have to like kick the door down and say, come on. You just have to ask because he's a good father. He gives good gifts to his children. So I'm just going to pray. I know, I, I know some people in here uh, wear glasses. I know other people, I don't know if anything else is going on with your eyes, or if you know someone who has something going on with their eyes, if you want to stand in the gap for them. But I'm going to pray for that right now, because the Lord started to do something on Wednesday. Here in this room. Like, I already, oh, I'm already twitchy, I feel now. So, Lord, Abba. Lord, I thank you that it says that when we ask for bread, you don't give us a stone. The Lord, we come tonight as your children, and we ask for eyes to be healed in the name of Jesus, vision problems to be healed in the name of Jesus. We saw so many people in the Bible with their blindness gone because you healed them, Lord. And right now, we're coming right now for our weak eyes, our our headache eyes, God, our prescription eyes, Lord Jesus. We ask right now that you come and bring clarity to vision. You heal astigmatisms. You heal wonky things, God. Or if there's anybody that's colorblind, God, we ask right now that you give them color in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Any cloudiness of the vision, any cataracts that are building, God, we ask right now they be cleared. Jesus, do what you love to do. Thank you, God. I just saw the Lord bring a vision of like um, him bringing like um, the dawn and the sunlight. Like as your eyes are closed, you like see the light of the day and the light of the dawn. So Lord, we just bring right now your glory come and bring your light all over our eyes in the name of Jesus. That you restore better than 2020 vision, God. In your name of Jesus, amen. Anybody feel anything? <laughs> well, I believe that it's, we believe in instantaneous healing. We also believe in progressive. Like, I, I've been telling you, from Wednesday until day, I've seen progression. So I'm hoping by, like, you know, in a few days, I can just toss my contacts. And never have to get laser surgery in my lifetime. <laughs> that deserves some applause to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That's a, that's a, a praise God. Praise God. You know, tonight we got a small crowd here tonight, and I'm not sure who was all online and stuff, but here's the deal for kingdom people, numbers never determine outcomes, amounts never determine outcomes, okay? Uh, you know, a Jesus, 
Uh, he had a few fish and uh, you know five loaves of bread, and he feeds what is either five thousand or four thousand. I get mixed up which amounts from those two stories, and, but uh, uh, the amounts never determine outcomes for kingdom people. So when a group's gathered like this, um, we can start to go into this, the state of expectation of, of little diminished expectations. But let's don't do that tonight, okay? Let's don't do that tonight. Because amounts never determine outcomes in the kingdom of God. Um, Elijah stood up against the 400 prophets of Baal. And, and, and Elijah plus God was more than enough. <laughs> so praise God. Um, yeah, so uh, tonight uh, uh, we want to, we're going to continue praying uh, uh, in intercessory uh, style and so on. Because we, uh, we are, as, as Adam said, we're... Um, Arise 309, uh, uh, this is a team of, of, of folks who came together specifically uh, for intercessory prayer for God's purposes for this region. Uh, by 309, of course, we mean the area code 309, which stretches from Bloomington to Peoria to Galesburg to the Quad Cities, uh, Macomb, uh, that kind of section, that slice of Illinois. Uh, uh, over the last year, year and a half, God's just kind of unraveled this, unfolded this vision of ministry and, and, and uh, um, I guess, burden for prayer and intercession for his purposes in this region. And um, so uh, once a month, one of, the, one of the expressions of this ministry is once a month we do uh, carry the service here at, uh, at GP Hop. Uh, and, and, but the goal and the purpose is of praying into uh, God's purposes for this region. So we're going to, uh, tonight I'm going to be sharing some, but there'll be times when we're going to break into groups of of, um, of folks. You know, there, there's enough people in this room here to make a couple of, of groups and to pray for some specific things. Um, as I said, we feel that, you know, our burden is for the 309 area code, but we we see Peoria as being kind of the hub of the whole thing. And so we pray a lot into the uh, God's purposes for Peoria. And um, tonight, I, uh, there's a, a several things I'd like us to go after. Uh, one, one thing is this, is that um, uh, a lot of our prayer and ministry is informed by prophetic words that have been given uh, to this region or spoken over this region over the last few years. And, and we've been able to gather some different prophetic words from from uh, reliable, uh, trustworthy folks who have prophetic ministries. And some of them are folks who come from the outside, uh, uh, like Lou Engel or uh, Andrew Whalen. And, and there's some folks that are right here in this region and so on that are known for the prophetic ministries. And so we've gathered different prophetic words that have been spoken over this area. And uh, using those as somewhat of a a springboard into prayer and intercession, uh, praying that those words become re- become reality. Uh, they envision us for what God wants to do for this area and so that uh, we can see the vision become uh, sight, <laughs> reality, and so on. And um, one of the, uh, the, the words that has come from uh, several folks, uh, let, let me just read a, a few of these. Uh, uh, these are some lines that were given from different folks and we kind of compiled them together. But speaking of Peoria, and it says this, that uh, uh, these are words that were prophesied over the city and over this region. It says this, that Peoria will be a place that thrives, okay? And people will wonder, how does this place exist in Illinois? 
In other words, God's going to do such a work that Pure is going to stand out because of his work and, and, the, and, and uh, uh, the presence of the Lord and so on. I, as I sh- share these things, remember some of the things I'm saying here because we're going to have an opportunity to pray into these, okay? So just kind of grab a hold of some of the things I'm sharing here. Uh, uh, it's prophesied that Peoria is on God's heart. Peoria will become a key apostolic city with key apostolic purposes that are established and produced and built into Peoria that will affect the nation. Okay? Peoria will be a prototype city and region. Get ready to look for the new thing and the new way. God is going to do something that's uh, in a different manner. A new way as opposed to what, you use, what you're used to. God is shouting right now, Peoria, he is about to do a new thing in the earth and it's time to take your place. You cannot look to things of old. There are things coming on people right now in Peoria that will be like keys that unlock kingdom breakthrough, revival, provision has never been seen before. That's a good word, isn't it? So Peoria will become like a key apostolic city with key apostolic purposes. Well, that kind of raises the issue of what does an apostolic city look like? What is an apostolic city? Well, I think the, the, the best place to kind of get a picture of what an apostolic city can look like is when we go to the book of Acts, we can go to chapter 19 and see what happened in the city of Ephesus. I'm not going to spend a lot of time laying out the city of Ephesus, but it was a major, major city in the Roman Empire. And when we go to Acts 19, we have Paul, uh, apparently by himself, typically he travels with other people, but he comes to the city. Uh, initially, if you remember that chapter, he runs into 12 uh, disciples, people who have, who have put their faith in Jesus, but they didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Paul ministers to them, teaches about the Spirit of God, lays hands on them, and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden now Paul has these 12, 12 uh, you know, this team of 12 who are on fire for the Lord. And, and the scriptures go on in, in uh, Acts 19. And it says that Paul went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But there are some who were hardened and did not believe, but they spoke evil of the way before the multitude. So he's, you know, has some opposition, but he's preaching the word uh, in the city there. So he departs from them and he withdraws, he withdrew the disciples from the synagogue and began to reason daily, teach daily in the school of Tyrannus. That's a rented hall, is a hall that uh, uh, there in the city that he rented for the purposes of daily teaching, ministering, uh, raising up disciples. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia, uh, that uh, region of, of the Roman Empire, all there heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them, the evil spirits went out of them when those handkerchiefs and aprons were laid on the people. Okay? And so God is just moving powerfully there, establishing this apostolic authority over the city. And it says within two years, everybody had heard the gospel 
there's just that consistent preaching and raising up disciples and that was going on and to the extent now where there's such an authority and such an anointing that that's even to the extent that their Paul doesn't have to go and lay hands on somebody he wants disciples don't have to go and lay hands on somebody they can just lay hands on a handkerchief and take it and 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 lay it on, on somebody and, and in contrast and many of you are familiar with this story it says that there were itinerant Jewish exorcists who took upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by, the, by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There are, there are seven, these seven sons of Sceva, who was a, uh, um, a, a priest of the, uh, in the city there, uh, who were doing this. And when they confronted this one man uh, with an evil spirit, the evil spirit says to them, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? And then the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, and as they fled out of the house naked and wounded. See, the contrast here is, is one hanky from Paul uh, who prayed over it had authority and power over seven people who tried to use the name of Jesus but they had no relationship with Jesus. That's the power of the, you know, the authority and power of the living God versus human religion. And so it's... Episodes like that are unfolding in this city. And this is why we start to think of this as being an apostolic city. As you go further in, in Acts 19, it talks about how uh, people were, uh, were repenting and burning their, their, their religious books and their books of magic and, and, and witchcraft and so on. And, and so this, this whole upheaval of the whole society. Later on we have it, it, the city's being changed and transformed so much that there's a riot because people are seeing that their, their livelihoods being threatened because uh, Ephesus, Ephesus was a place where there was a lot of, uh, uh, of idols that were being built and, uh, and uh, molded there and, and sent out to, you know, all over the, all over the uh, Roman Empire and yet that, that business was declining because so many people were coming to know the living God, the true God. And so uh, this is why we can speak of Ephesus being an apostolic city. It's being just turned upside down. And when you read in the New Testament the book uh, of, of, to the Ephesians, that was the book that Paul wrote later on to the church at Ephesus, he has no words of correction to the church in there. In fact, the, the book of Ephesians, if you're familiar with the New Testament, uh, you'll start to see that the book of Ephesians just seems to stand out against the rest of the books in the New Testament because it's, it's more written uh, kind of not addressing specific problems in a church, but it's, it's written more as, as kind of a, a, a general, a, a, you know, an outline of what the church is and the power and authority we have. And it's like its, its audience goes beyond just the city of Ephesus. And indeed, that's what was happening. Because Ephesus, uh, through the work in Ephesus, uh, many other churches were planted. Every church that was in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, were probably planted out of Ephesus. Uh, the book of Colossians, when you read that, well, that, that's uh, the city of Colossae, uh, which had a church planted there. That was planted by people from Ephesus. And so that's why we can th start to think of, if we think of what an apostolic city is, we can think of it as a hub which is radically transformed and begins to transform its region. And so when we get prophetic words about Peoria becoming an apostolic city, that can be kind of the vision we have of God moving so powerfully in the city that then begins to affect the region around us. 
that Peoria becomes an apostolic city. And so with that in mind, I want us to take a few moments here and I'm going to ask you to stand up. This is going to be participatory. And if you're online, you can do this in your home. Uh, but I want you to go ahead and give them, there's enough, we can probably make two different groups, okay? And what I want you to do is we're going to take about five to six minutes and I'll call you back together. But just to get together in a group and ask the Holy Spirit how to pray into Peoria becoming an apostolic city. Maybe some of the things I shared can prompt some, uh, uh, some prayer requests and so on, but, but ask the Spirit of God and just, just do, you know, just kind of rapid prayer in your group, okay? Just two or three sentences and somebody else jump in. There doesn't have to be a lot of silence. It can be just, just, just go for it. Just cry out to God that He would do that. And like we said earlier, numbers don't determine outcomes uh, in the kingdom of God. We have about 10, 12, 15 people in the room right now. That's plenty of people to transform a city. So, okay, so we go ahead and break in, into groups, and I'll call you all back together in, in about five minutes. Yeah, so Father, we just thank you so much for the promises, and we keep our eyes on the promises of what you say you're going to do in Peoria and through Peoria and for Peoria. Father God, I, we just seal every one of these prayers that were uh, uh, mentioned right now, every prayer that was lifted to you. We seal it and just declare it, amen, and so be it, Lord Jesus. Every, every prayer request, so be it, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. Okay, um, yeah, if, if you just want, you, you can all take a, a seat right, right where you're at because we're going to get you back into the little groups again pretty soon here. So now, you're, now you've got two little tribes going on here. You're all together. This is good. Okay. All right. Um, one, you know, another uh, stream of prophetic words that have been spoken over this region have to do with revival and spiritual awakening and so on. And, and uh, for example, this is... Uh, um, uh, this was that many have shared uh, for a long time about a major revival coming to Peoria, about a move of mass deliverance, about the impact of one small region can have upon the state and upon the nation. In other words, uh, there's been several prophetic words from really you know, trustworthy pro- prophetic people who, who see uh, revival happening in our city here, in this region right here, touching the state and even impacting the nation kind of deal. All right? Uh, there have been dreams of, an in, of unending lines of people through the city looking to get into churches just to encounter God's presence and to find freedom. Praise God. Let's see that happen. So um, we're going to, in a few moments here, we're going to pray uh, for... Um, Really, in two directions. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, uh, Peter quotes Joel's prophecy that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh, okay, upon everybody. And then it goes on and says, and upon sons and daughters, they're going to uh, prophesy and dream dreams and see visions and so on. But he starts off by saying it's going to be poured out on all flesh. And the way I understand, you know, if he's talking about the Holy Spirit being poured out on everybody, that means believers and unbelievers alike. So what's he doing in both camps, okay? Well, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power, right? 
And here in Acts 2.17, it says that, that uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all the sons and daughters, uh, they will prophesy, dream dreams, see visions. And so, so the Holy Spirit pouring out upon the people of God results in them receiving power and receiving revelation. And that, when power and revelation increase in churches, that forms revival in the churches. And the way I understand revival is that reviving of God's people, revival of the churches. So, so when the Holy Spirit's being poured out on all flesh, when it comes to believers, it's for the purpose of power, of revelation, of reviving his people. Now, when the Holy Spirit's poured out on the, on, onto unbelievers, then it's what Jesus said in, in John 16, I think verse 8, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit is poured out on all people with regard to the believers is to empower them, bring revelation, revive them. With regard to the unbelievers is to awaken them that, they, uh, that he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay? And so what we want to do right now in prayer re- with regard to those two um, dimensions, that of, of the Holy Spirit bringing revival to his churches in our region and the Holy Spirit bringing spiritual awakening to those who do not know Jesus yet, who need to know the love of God. Okay? And so we're going to get back in our groups and we're going to pray for the, in regard to that. The Holy Spirit's ministry to bring revival to the churches and to bring spiritual awakening to those who don't know Christ. All right? That God would release that in greater measure in our area because we want to see this great revival come that, that's been prophesied about. Okay, does that make sense? All right. I'm going to give you five or six minutes again. Yeah, Father, so we just, um, we unite our hearts just crying out, Lord, that you would send revival to your churches in the Peoria region. Just send your fire, let your fire fall upon them. Let them be places where the power of God and the revelation of God uh, just flows like a mighty river. And we pray, Father God, for a spiritual awakening all over this region, for all those who do not know the love of God, who do not know Jesus Christ, who walk in rebellion, who walk in ignorance of of your salvation. For all of them, there would be a spiritual awakening. That Holy Spirit, we ask that you would would press in and, and do your mighty work of convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, that they might look for a Savior. They might open their hearts and be softened and tenderized, looking for salvation, looking for Jesus, Lord. We pray for spiritual awakening, Lord, all over this region. We ask for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You, you can take a seat. And just uh, the last thing I want us to do and, uh, is I want us to pray for one another, and w- specifically uh, that, that we can be world changers, okay? And a, a, a key trait that we all need to grow in uh, is that of courage, boldness, uh, stepping out in faith, taking risks, uh, responding to God's word and doing whatever he asks us to do, even if it sounds crazy or if we don't feel like we have the courage to do it, that kind of thing. Uh, I was listening to Bill Johnson the other night. He was talking uh, uh, about the story from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, and I'll just lay it out here because it, 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 it brings out 
uh, all those, those, those traits of courage and, and stepping out on God's word and so on. But it also shows what happens, the impact, if one person steps out in courage, if one person steps out in boldness and, uh, uh, in response to God's word, uh, the impact it can have, okay? So this is from First uh, Samuel chapter 14. It might be a, a passage that you know, I haven't read for a while, but, but it's about the time when Saul was king. David wasn't king yet. David hadn't killed Goliath yet, but Saul was king. Uh, Israel was, in, uh, was kind of um, weak, and the Philistines uh, uh, were, were attacking them and oppressing them. And uh, when Saul became king, he brought the uh, Israeli army out, the Jewish army out, and his son Jonathan was one of the leaders in the army. And uh, the story starts here where, where the army of the Jewish army is all over in this area and then the Philistines kind of surround them. And uh, 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 Jonathan, Saul's son, and his armor bearer are on one hilltop and over on this other hilltop is this garrison of Philistine soldiers, okay? And just walking through the text here. It happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that's on the other side. See, there's a valley between them. So uh, Jonathan says to him, Let's go over to the the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Okay? Again, numbers don't determine outcomes in the kingdom of God. So his armor bearer says, I'm with you. you know? <laughs> Do whatever's in your heart. Let's go there. I'm with you. So Jonathan says, okay, uh, let us cross over to these, this garrison of Philistines and we will show ourselves to them. If, now he's going to lay a fleece out here knowing what, to determine what he's supposed to do. If they say thus to us, Wait until we come down to you, then we'll stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we'll go up. For that means the Lord has delivered them into our hand and that will be assigned to us. Okay? So the deal is is that this valley is between them. You know, and there's just two of them and this garrison, it turns out it's about 20, 20 soldiers up there. Uh, so they're outnumbered. The only hope they have of defeating them is by surprise. But they're already going to go down and yell at them and say, hey, <laughs> you know, and so they, they lose the element of surprise. And then they're on, the enemy's on the, the high ground, which is where you want to be in a, in, in a war. And Jonathan and his armor bearer are, are going to climb up to them. That's the situation. It's not, not militarily a good position to be in. So, so both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. See, the, the Jewish people were being mocked, ridiculed, because they were so weak and, and, uh, and so easily oppressed by the Philistines. The Hebrews are coming out of the holes. And then the men in the garrison called to Jonathan, his armor bearer, and said, come up to us and we'll show you something. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. So, he's acting on this promise, I mean, this, this word. He said, you know, God, if you want to deliver them to us, just have them call us up to them. And so he's stepping on faith, in courage, boldness, stepping on the word of God, and they start to go up the, uh, the hillside. 
And it says that, and Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees. That's how steep it was, all right? With his armor bearer uh, after them. And, and then the enemy fell before Jonathan. As he came after them, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, was about 20 men within a half acre of land. So an act of courage kills 20 people, you know, kills the 20 of the enemy. And then the, the story just starts, this thing starts to un- unpack and unfold and spread because of the act of one man and his courage. There is trembling in the camp of the Philistines and in the field and among the people. And the garrison, the raiders also trembled and the earth quaked. You know, God's kind of backing them up here. So that it was a very great trembling. And then the watchmen uh, with uh, Saul, they looked and saw that there's a multitude of the Philistines and they're melting away and they're here and they're there. This, this thing is spreading and impacting the whole army. Just not 20 people got, got uh, slaughtered, but now the whole Philistine army is in chaos. And here's what was so important about this. This is what one act of courage, stepping out on the word of God, believing God for miracles can do. It says this, Moreover, when all this chaos is going on, moreover, the Hebrews, the Jewish people who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp of the surrounding country, they also joined the Jewish people who were with Saul and Jonathan. Okay, point, the, 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 what's going on here, there were a lot of Jewish people who gave up their Jewish identity and went and joined the Philistines. They gave up the Jewish culture, the Jewish values, and so on, and they adopted the culture of the Philistines. They adopted their values. They adopted their culture and their lifestyle and so on. They deconstructed their faith as a Jewish person and became part of the Philistines. But because they saw an act of courage that released the power of God, they realized, The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob really is there. He really does exist. And I'm walking out. uh, This is not my identity to be a Philistine. I am a Jewish person. And they went and they joined the Jews and, and got on their side again. So that happened. And then secondly, likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim when they heard the Philistines, when they heard the Philistines had fled, they also followed hard after them into the battle. So that here's here's the deal: where these are Jewish people, they haven't given up their identity, but they given up hope, and they, you know, you might say they backslid. You might say they just gave up any expectation of God doing anything, and they gave up. The, you know, they settled for low low expectations in their faith. But now they see someone step out in faith, someone exercise courage, and somebody uh, respond to the word of God, and they see the miracles of God take place, and they're revived. And they're saying, wow, God really is there. He really is moving. And we can think, uh, you know, just think in your own life. Uh, how many people during COVID have kind of drifted away from church and kind of got distracted and into other places and kind of walked away and... and, and uh, and just kind of fallen to the wayside. Yeah, they still consider themselves a believer, but, but they're not actively pursuing the Lord, serving the Lord. They're off in those places. 
And then there might be people in your life, I have people I know that have basically deconstructed their faith. They used to follow Jesus. They went to Bible school. They, or, I mean, they went to vacation Bible school. They were raised as, uh, in their families as, as Christians, but they became adults and they walked away from their faith. They gave it up totally and they're now, now walking an agnostic uh, uh, and, you know, totally uh, separated from, uh, from any identity as being a believer. But when a man or a woman of God steps out in faith, in courage, and trusting the word of God, and miracles start to happen, that is contagious in terms of people turning back to the Lord. People who have, been, have low expectations, people have no expectations, they see that God really is there. And God really does respond to us when we step out in faith. And it stirs them up. And it revives their hearts. And it causes them to return to the Lord. And that's the root of, of revival. When that, those kinds of things happen. So just in the same way that fear is contagious, courage is contagious. And God's calling us to be a courageous, bold people. And I'm speaking that to myself as much as to every one of us. And so just in closing here tonight, uh, I just want to encourage you to get back in your, in your groups. And let's just pray that God would just give us a fresh baptism of courage, of boldness, of opportunities to show him strong, <laughs> show, show just what God can do, the miracles he can do, and that we'd have the, uh, the willingness to step out in faith as he speaks to us, that we're listening for opportunities uh, we're, we're trying to see situations through his eyes and being willing to step out even though it looks crazy, even though we're, here, we're trembling and so on and see what God can do because world changers step out in faith and we're called to be world changers. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to ask you to stand up. Go ahead and get back in your, your little tribe and spend some time in prayer. Another five minutes or so and, and then we'll... Amen, amen. We're going to... Uh, wrap it up here in just a second. I just, I have one quote I want to give you, okay? I'm going to give you one quote here, and this is from that theologian Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, at some point, he was being interviewed for something, you know, I think an upcoming movie or something like that, and somehow the conversation went in some direction. I don't even know the context, but here's a quote he gave. He said, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something great will come of it. Isn't that a good word? Yeah. So let's, just, let's be people that sometime this next week we have 20 seconds of insane courage and see what God would do. All right? So... Let me, let me uh, close this out in prayer. Thank you for everybody that was online, but let me just pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne, that you give us this privilege, this honor to come before you. And we don't come before you as beggars. We come before you as sons and daughters of the living God who've been adopted through faith in Jesus Christ, adopted into your family. Hallelujah. Thank you for all the resources you bring uh, available to us in that. And so, Father, we know that you said, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, that tonight's prayers are gathered together and that you respond to the prayers of your people. Hallelujah. So, God, we just look to you and believe you for miracles and breakthroughs. 
for these prayers to be answered, for what's been spoken out become reality. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. I just pray for every person in this room, Lord God Almighty, every person that's online, that you'd fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit, that they'd move in the power and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. You did not give us a spirit of fear. You gave us a spirit of love and power and self-control. And let that dominate our lives, we pray. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.